Welcome to another episode of Coffeehouse Theology, where we discuss God, theology, and all things pertaining to life over cups of coffee. I am your host, Jose Ruiz, and this is your co-host, Josiah Ruiz. And in this episode, I will be interviewing my dad about his life prior to Christ and now in Christ. So please grab a cup of your favorite brew or beverage and enjoy the episode. And please do us a huge favor and smash the like button, give us a rumble, subscribe, and please share these episodes. It really helps to promote the show and lets others know about our podcast, Coffee House Theology. In this episode, you're going to interview me, but in our last episode, we we I interviewed you, and we it was... It had the most hits, it had the most likes, it had the most uh, listens to, uh, wherever we uh, have our podcast, on Rumble, on Spotify, um, we had so many uh, views uh, that on YouTube, particularly, uh, that uh, it's more than any other episode that we uh, had combined uh, so thank you guys for uh, all of you that support us uh, by just listening, watching, uh, giving us a like, leaving a comment. All those things affect the algorithms. And so it really helps us out a lot um, so that our videos are put out there. Uh, in the ether webs or interwebs, whatever they're called, uh, you know, the rumbles and the Twitters and, uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, thank you guys for, uh, the positive feedback. I've gotten a lot of feedback, Josiah, about people that, uh, the interview really resonated with them, that it connected with them. And so, uh, it was it was just uh the the response from people uh even family members that said you know you were very open transparent and so uh we are glad that uh we could it could be a blessing and it could help somebody and so uh that's why we put out the this content so that and one of the things that I heard from people is you don't hear this. People are not talking about these things. And so the fact that you uh, talked about it was very encouraging uh, to people. And I, I pray that it helps people. All right. So now that we've talked about me, let's talk about your life story and uh, I'll be interviewing you. Uh, but first off, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Um, what do you like to do? Uh, your hobbies, um, things like that. Well, I, uh, I, I collect cards, uh, playing cards. I have quite a few cards, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, uh, that's one of my uh, uh, things I see. Uh, beautiful decks of cards. I have subscriptions to uh, decks of cards. And the reason why I started uh, liking and 
collecting cards is because I, uh, one of my hobbies is magic. I love to perform magic for people. Um, and so I, I see that, uh, you know, when you do magic, it, it, it gets you in places. It opens doors for you. Uh, it gets people to connect with you on, uh, quicker, I would say than, uh, you know, any other means, uh, when, when people see something that is, uh, a mystery or brings them wonder, uh, they, they, they love it. So I, uh, I love magic. Um, I love books. I, uh, uh, have a lot of books. I need to read a lot of books. I have a huge, uh, list of books for that. I need to read. So, um, I do coin collecting cause again, I like magic. So, uh, not, I'm not a good coin guy, but I love, uh, silver coins and something about the sound of silver coins. I know you don't like the sound yeah, of silver coins. So I didn't yeah. carry over when he made me. <laughs> right. Right. Didn't. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see. What else am I into? Uh, what else am I into? Josiah? <laughs> well, you grow an epic beard. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was, uh, this is on coffee house theology. He didn't have that when we first started. And now yeah, it does. Yeah. It's very um, reformed. <laughs> I should have a pipe. Um, but, uh, <laughs> not a crack pipe. Uh, uh, of course a tobacco pipe, but, uh, no, uh, your mom would kill me if, uh, I smoked in here. Um, so yeah, uh, I grew the beard because of you. You wanted me to grow a beard, and uh, so... I don't, I don't grow anywhere near as good a facial hair as my dad. I, I've been wanting to grow a beard, but I simply can't because of my age. Um, it's kind of sad, but, you know, I'll get there one day. I'll get to your level. <laughs> my level, huh? Yeah. Okay, so let, let's uh, jump right in. Uh, what was your life like before Christ, and how were you raised, and things like that? Um, um, so we can... So I don't know if our viewers or our listeners can tell, uh, I'm Mexican, uh, born and raised in East Los Angeles in Lincoln hospital on Soto, uh, street. And, uh, I think that's Boyle Heights actually. And I don't even know if that hospital's there anymore. Um, but yeah, I was born in Lincoln hospital and, uh, I didn't know my dad, um, so apparently he, he walked out of my life, uh, before I was born. So, um, that, uh, right there in and of itself is just has left a void in my life. Um, so when people say they have a good relationship with their dad or they, they lost their dad who they had a good relationship with, um, it, it, I, I always wonder, like, I, I never will know that. I never will, uh, you know, experience that. And so, um, as a man uh, of 47 years old, that's still something that is, that is there, like a little thorn 
in the flesh um, because I think fathers are very important um, in children's lives and so particularly their own children. And so I, uh, uh, I didn't want to be a deadbeat dad. So, um, when I had kids, when I had you, uh, and your brother, um, I made sure that I was going to, by God's grace, do everything that I could to be the dad that I would have wanted. Um, and so I, I hope, uh, just a little bit, I accomplished that. Um, so I didn't grow up with a dad. Um, uh, we lived in East LA for uh, uh, first part of my life. And then we moved when I was about eight to Santa Fe Springs. And uh, that is where uh, I met uh, your Uncle Shane, uh, my your brother, brother from, from another, another mother. mother. And, uh, so, uh, I, um, uh, he was my, he was my neighbor and he made sure everybody knew that he was the manager's son. <laughs> so he was the manager's son. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knew that because <laughs> he, he told everybody. <laughs> so, um, uh, we, uh, we lived in Santa Fe Springs at the time. Santa Fe Springs was like a ghost town. It was probably like 29 palms, <laughs> like the desert. Um, well, well, even the desert now is congested with people, uh, so much so that they have bumper stickers out here that say, go back to LA. Um, so, uh, uh every weekend though, we, uh, though I lived in Santa Fe Springs every weekend, without fail we were in la um and then uh uh my stepdad uh worked in la so a lot of times i still remember uh for a period of time i lived with my aunts and my grandma in east la and so uh i went there uh to school to about second or third grade and then when I moved to Santa Fe Springs, we did uh, third grade at another school, at another elementary. And then fourth grade, we had, uh, uh, I was at Jersey Avenue. That's the street we lived on. Um, and uh, where Shane was the manager's son, right? So uh, we, uh, um, I, I grew up uh my stepdad, we didn't have a good relationship. Uh, you know, I, I tried, uh, after becoming Christian to, uh, reconcile with him, but, uh, he, he's, he was in sin and not a believer. And so, um, uh, we don't, I haven't seen him, uh, not like we're, uh, hostile to each other, but, there's, there was no real connection, um, ever. Uh, so, uh, I, again, I, my father figure was my grandfather, uh, who passed away when I was 15 and I was already, uh, living 
you know, uh, a life of, uh, alcohol, drinking alcohol and, uh, smoking marijuana, uh, smoking weed. Uh, my, my life was, I was already developing, uh, habits of sin, uh, that, you know, only Jesus Christ could set me free from. And, um, so at 15, my father figure dies and I, uh, like willfully become like an atheist. I, I, I'm hardened. Uh, to God, I, I like when my f grandfather dies, I remember my mom came into my room cause he was, uh, he was, he had cancer and she said to me, you know, uh, in Spanish, uh, she said, pray, uh, but, um, uh, she said, resale, uh, that means, uh, pray or, uh, recite prayers and, I remember bowing before the crucifix and looking up and saying, Diosito, little God, um, uh, because in Spanish, the I-T-O, the Ito, is a term of endearment, but it really makes God like a little God. Um, so uh, I remember praying and saying, God, you know, heal my grandfather, and my grandfather died. And uh, that moment, I, uh, I, I had this hatred for God. Um, I, would, I would just look up at the sky and curse God. And I didn't want to believe in God. And... Uh, so that, that really affected me and it just sent me down uh, a path of destruction like the Bible talks about. And I knew nothing about God. I didn't know about Christianity. We didn't have a Bible in the house. We had a, a New World Translation that uh, I had cut up so I can hide my marijuana. Um, and, uh, you know, where you hollow out a book. Um, and that's what I used to uh, hide my uh, objects of sin. And uh, so uh, my grandfather dies. I just start spiraling out of control. I end up, uh, uh, you know, uh, by the time I become a Christian, I don't, I don't live at home. Uh, so my upbringing, I saw a lot of violence, um, ever, ever since I was a kid, my mom denies it. Um, but my stepdad used to, uh, hit her. Um, I mean, it was bad. It, it was, uh, I remember hearing him say like, put your hand here. I'm going to cut it. Like just horrible things that no child should ever experience and i i remember always getting in between them and being powerless and so i had this hatred towards him um that only christ uh took away and um 
I, uh, so, uh, I had a bad relationship with my mom. Um, so he would beat me, <clears throat> excuse me. He would beat me. Um, it was like, you know, today it was be considered abuse. Right. Um, and, uh, he, I mean, he threw forks at my face. Uh, it, it was, um, he was, he was very abusive, uh, to my mom, to me. Uh, so I, uh, you know, that, that threw me more into my sin of, you know, uh, because I was trying to escape, you know, I, I, I didn't know who my dad was and I knew I couldn't stand this guy. Um, uh, so I, I grew a bitterness to my mom because I, I would see like national geographic and chimpanzees, mother chimpanzees would protect their kids from other chimps and i was like why can't my mom do that for me um and it took me forever uh one day i I did tell her about it and uh it was very healing when she finally like understood it and said she was sorry oh So my childhood was a lot of heartache. Um, and then I compounded that with sin. Um, so I, uh, I, you know, I in turn hurt a lot of people because sin is destructive. Sin is a little leaven that leavens the whole lump. So uh, I just, that's a kind of life I grew up in, but I found comfort in my cousins. Uh, I had cousins in Norwalk. Uh, my cousin Sammy and Delia, and um, they were they were always there for me. Um, my cousin Javier, Myra. Um, I missed I miss family, um, but, uh, you know, they, they were a comfort to me. They were, um, good friends. Um, you know, uh, growing up, me and Shane, we always, oh, it was funny because we didn't talk in high school. We would like give each other a look because he was a nerd that carried all his books and I was a wannabe (laughs) gangster that hung out with all the cholos. And, um, you know, but when we get home, we talk about real things. We talk about God. We talk about, even though I wasn't a Christian, I didn't even know he was a Christian. (laughs) I didn't really know what a Christian was until... I come to Christ and, but even then I had these presuppositions about what a Christian was. 
And, uh, you know, uh, I'll never forget uh, the day when my mom and I went to downtown L.A. And there's this guy in a suit and tie. Not a nice suit and tie. This is a suit that the guy wore every day looked like. And he's screaming and he has a Bible, right? And he's like, and I knew it was a book. I didn't know it was a Bible, but, you know, presuppose that it's a Bible. And my mom, uh, when I get off the, we get off the bus together and she's like, oh, don't listen to him. He's crazy in Spanish. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a preconceived idea that is implanted, you know. Um, I remember a story about Jimmy Swagger. Um, I didn't know he was a pastor or anything, but Jimmy Swagger. And then the church where I end up coming to Christ at, uh, is in Norwalk and the pastor was preaching and I kind of thought that guy kind of looks like Jimmy Swagger, you know? Um, so, uh, that that was my my notion of 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 Christianity, and then at seventeen, my life is uh, completely. Uh, I see no hope. I see I see the the I've hit the bottom, um, and. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't want to live. I. I. I just see so much destruction, chaos in my life that I was. I didn't. I didn't want to live, and it was New Year's Eve, and the uh, there was a family that I had taken me to church um, a couple times, and. I had gone two times before, but I only went because um, of the girl I knew from work, um, and I liked her. And so, um, but, you know, even then, I, I I had no hope of anything. So I was calling to say goodbye to her, Um and because I wanted to end my life, um, and so um, I call, and her mom, who never would answer the phone, uh, never would answer the voicemail. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm calling, and I'm gonna leave a message. I'm gonna say goodbye, but the mom picks up, and she says, "Jose," and She's Mexican lady, uh, so she tells me in English. Um, I tell her uh, why I'm calling, and she says, "No, you're gonna go to church with us." Um, so they uh, they pick me up. They pick me up. Excuse me to go to church. It's a New Year's Eve service, and so I am at this. New Year's Eve service, and I'm hearing testimonies from guys that have been in prison, heroin addicts, 
and they're you know they're all sharing about the power of God to set them free. At this point, I'm bound by sin. I am bound by uh, my sinful life, my sinful ways. Uh, I was a dead man walking. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but it's Christ that makes us alive. So I was, in my sin, I was... uh, a dead man walking. I was a zombie uh, because I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And I heard a simple gospel proclamation of Jesus died for you. Um, Jesus can change you. He can set you free from the shackles of sin. It was a simple gospel message. Um I didn't hear about justification by faith alone, or I didn't hear anything about a double imputation of sin and righteousness. Uh, I just heard a simple message that I needed to hear that brought life, that I heard God speaking to me through the foolishness of preaching the cross. And... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I remember I I fought it with all the free will I could muster. Uh, I went in a God hater, and my heart is pounding in my chest, and uh, says, uh, you know, if you if you want to receive Christ, if you want to receive this gift of forgiveness of sins, um, let us pray with you. Raise your hand. And I was like, I'm not raising my hand. I'm not raising my hand. And then he says, God bless you, young man. I see that hand in the back. And I open my eyes and my hand is raised. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my hand is raised, and he's like, you did that. Uh, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to come up here and and to this altar and, and pray. And um, I remember I was like, nope, I'm not going up there. I'm not. I was the first guy up there in a big Raiders jacket. You know, I had some black Nike Cortezes, and I had some Dickies on, and... Uh, I remember still to the day, to to this day, um, I said, God, change my life. I, I, I've screwed it up so bad. Change my life. And uh, I, 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 I walked up. I, I got up from praying. And I was a new person. I I knew it immediately. And then the family took me to Denny's. And after uh, it was New Year's already, I I I got up at twelve o five from the uh, altar call, and I knew I was born again. I I I, I had a love for God. I had. Uh, 
it was like I had a new mind and I was at Denny's and I was asking the family, what did you put in my food or what did you put in my drink? Because it's the best high I've ever had. And they were like laughing at me because <laughs> they didn't put anything. So, uh, I, um, immediately, uh, I'm, I become like this radical street preacher. Um, and I didn't know anything, but I started devouring. They gave me a, a, a paperback, uh, New Testament. And within four months, I had read it six times. And I was just devouring the Bible. And so um, that uh, just changed me because the word of God changes you. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts through, uh, you know, the division of soul and spirit joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart and and the word of god is living and active and that is what changed me and transformed me um from from hating god um to understanding that god is sovereign that nothing has come into my life without it first having him work it out for my good and for his glory. And uh, I am a firm, firm believer in the sovereignty of God. And nothing has brought more comfort to my heart and my soul than the sovereignty of God. And um, because of that firm belief in a sovereign God, who is our creator, who is the potter, and he does with the clay whatever he wants. Once I understood that he's creator and that I'm creature and that he could do whatever he wants with me, it's, there's a peace. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That no matter what I go through, in this life, that God is in control. And God is going to do it for his glory. For his glory. For his glory. But the word says that he does it and works it out for our good. For those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Prior to being called. Prior to my conversion, the path I was on was one of destruction. But for God intervening and bringing life to me, now I understand that everything from the death of my grandfather, every bad thing, not having a dad, all of these things in a tapestry, in an orchestra where the conductor is God and he sovereignly superintends all things so I could come to a place where I know I need a savior and he 
answers and he did not reject me but received me and that is a sweet sweet message of the gospel and the truth of that gospel that God is sovereign that God is in control of all things of all things no matter how bleak no matter how dark though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me i may not feel him i may not sense him but his word is truth and when we believe it and we would take him at his word and we trust in him then god transforms you he transforms your thinking your your life um and so yeah that's how i came to christ i don't know if you have any other questions <laughs> yeah um that was a powerful testimony um thank you for sharing with me and with everyone that's on the other side of the internet um I don't know if this question is too personal, but I, I just for the viewers out there and maybe for things I haven't heard, what kind of sins did God save you from? Uh, well, uh, I, I, I was in, you know, fornication, pornography. Um, I was a drunkard, you know, I was, a you know, abusing marijuana, um, and, you know, the Bible calls us to be sober-minded. The Bible says to be, to flee sexual immorality. So he saved me from all that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I was what you would call man-whore. And God, in his infinite mercy, gave me a, a, a beautiful wife. You know, God is so gracious that he even did that for me. And I don't deserve any anything. And he gave me two beautiful sons that I love dearly. And, uh, you know, so when, when, when the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, I would never be able to give my son. it's a it's a once you're a dad one day you'll understand uh i was a youth worker for many years and i gave parents some bad advice and i apologize uh because i didn't know what i was talking about until i became a father <laughs> and once you become a father it's it's a different ball game uh once you become a parent Unless you're a lousy parent, like many out there that need to get their act together and cry out to Jesus to change them so that they can be a good father or mother to their child. Um, so, um, you know, I, I just can't fathom giving my son for wicked sinners like I I was like everyone before Christ. We are 
wretch, wretched people that deserve hell, deserve hell and judgment and the wrath of God. But Christ took it upon himself. Uh, he took the wrath that we deserved and he gave us his righteousness. And when we look upon him in faith, then there is that imputation of an alien foreign righteousness into our account. And upon him is laid the sin that brought about death for him on a cross. And he became cursed on that tree. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to glorify sin. I want to glorify Christ. Uh, suffice it to say that I was lost and I, uh, you know, I deserve hell. But no more than you and no more than anyone else. You know, we compare when we try to compare ourselves, well, I'm not like Hitler. No, if you hated someone, you were a murderer. You know, if you thought with lust, then you've already uh, committed adultery with her in your heart. If you've stolen and you're a thief, if you're a blasphemer and you uh, blaspheme God, God will not find him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So we all that, do not have the righteousness of Christ should li live in fearful expectation of judgment uh, because the wrath of God abides on those who do not believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, that it's easy. It seems like to forget that we truly deserve the wrath of God and knowing that his son had to come die for us. I mean, our sins are so bad that the blood of animals could not have permanently atoned for all the sins. Right. God had to send his son in order to do that. Right. And the, that the blood of bull, bulls and goats only covered our sin or the sin of Jews. Okay. The blood of the lamb takes away sin. So, uh, to go back to bulls and goats is to trample underfoot the blood of the son of God. And so that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. We don't go to the types and the shadows. We have the reality, which is Christ. And we need to cling to Christ and plead to Christ and love Christ and serve Christ and follow Christ and Christ alone and all to him I owe. And so, uh, you know, people say, well, uh, sometimes I wish I had a testimony like you. No, you're a sinner just as deserving of the wrath of God and hell and damnation as anybody else that's lost. You didn't have to go to prison. You could have been a goody two-shoes and you're still a stinking sinner that needs the Lamb of God to wash away your sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And if you don't 
think that you are a sinner, then Jesus didn't come for you. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came for the unrighteous. And the problem that the Pharisees had is that they didn't see themselves as sinners. So they didn't need a savior. And they rejected the chief cornerstone. The, 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 the chief cornerstone they rejected. The builders rejected that. They rejected Christ. And that's why... For them, there was no forgiveness either in the time of Jesus or in the, the life to come. Yeah. Um, well, we said that, well, I said in the beginning that your life, we were talking about your life before Christ and now after Christ. So I'm just curious, how has your theology evolved over time since you became Christian? Because, I mean, you didn't start out wearing these shirts and <laughs> I you always know, wear a reform shirt. Exactly. And this is a chief of sinners uh, shirt. Cool shirt. And he has um, a reformed cup over there. Yeah, yeah. Many Bible rebinds. Uh, yes. So how yeah. did you? Um, yeah. How did you transform? Uh well, just reading the Word of God. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Uh, I started working at uh, the Christian bookstore in Whittier. And, uh, you know, uh, prior to that, the church I went to was a Pentecostal church. And um, really there was no doctrine taught or anything. And doctrine basically just means teaching. You know, uh, the Bible says uh, that... Uh, the word of God is profitable for correction, for instruction, for training in righteousness, for reproof. Uh, you know that the that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right. So uh, it's the word of God that is full of teaching. It's full of doctrine. Um, you know, the Great Commission is to make disciples of all nations that doesn't mean you make altar calls that's not what it's saying it's not the sinner's prayer and it's to make disciples teaching them okay so you indoctrinate the disciple the the, the learner a disciple is a learner and we need to learn what is good and sound doctrine Okay, what is good and sound teaching? What is the teaching of Christ? What is the teaching of God for his people, right? So, uh, you know, we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who needs not be ashamed that rightly divides the word of truth. So, uh, I start reading uh, books. I start reading systematic theologies. Um, I started off with what everybody starts with. Uh, it seems like Wayne Grudem systematic theology, uh, because again, I come from a Pentecostal background. It's not a reformed, uh, uh, tradition or reformed Baptist. Um, so, uh, 
I wanted to marry Reformed theology with Pentecostalism. But but Pentecostalism emphasizes uh, emotion over the word. Okay? So uh, once I started studying and, and the bookstore, uh, Christian Discount Book Center in Whittier, and they had many uh, different ones in Westminster and other places. Um, but when I worked there, the guys that worked there, they were all from different traditions. None of them was Pentecostal, uh, but some of them were teaching Greek at uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College in Downey. Uh, others were uh, Anglican. Uh, there was a Methodist. So my world, just in that, uh, there was a couple of Presbyterian brothers. Um, so just in that aspect, to know that there was other believers in Jesus Christ that came from other traditions was mind-blowing for me because I thought my tradition, my Christianity was the only way, you know. Um, and then I was introduced to Martin Luther, um, and, you know, I love Luther. I have uh, many, I have a Lego of Luther. I have a doll of Luther. My dog's name is Luther. <laughs> Not MLK, by the way. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> many Christians, I ask, hey, do you know Martin Luther? And they're like, Junior? <laughs> King Junior? <laughs> so, no, um, and so once I started uh, reading books from dead guys, I was like, wow, my mind was completely blown. Like, uh, you know, because when we only know one thing, it, it, it just, when you find out that there's more or other views or other positions, it, it that's kind of rocking and, and but for me it was intriguing because uh, one of my mentors Gonzalo uh, Rocha, he I asked him and I started studying Jehovah's Witnesses. That was one of the first things that that opened my eyes to uh, the church I was going to. Um, I said, why do people go into cults? Why are there Jehovah's Witnesses? Why are there Mormons? And he says, because they only listen to one guy. And so I started listening to the Bible answer man, the real Bible answer man, Walter Martin. And I started getting a lot of his tapes. And he was answering Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. And he would, um, he knew the Bible. And as a Christian, the Bible is what should dictate your faith and practice. Um, people pay that lip service, but I didn't want to be someone that just paid it lip service. I, I want to be someone that that really says, this is God's word, this is what he says, this is what I'm going to believe. But it takes study to mine and summarize it's not just I believe the Bible. 
Yes, I believe Toda Scriptura, which means all of Scripture, but I believe Sola Scriptura, only Scripture, or Scripture alone. Uh, we don't need uh, councils. Creeds are good, but those are like guardrails. Um, so when I started studying uh, dead guys, I, I, I discovered that uh, much to my own conversion experience uh, I found that God's grace was irresistible I found that God that I knew how depraved I am and was and I knew that only God can save and change me change an atheist a heart of stone into putting a heart of flesh. I can do that. You know, when Jesus says you must be born again, it's not something that you can do. Just like you had no uh, power or you had no say in your first birth, in your natural birth, you don't have any say in your spiritual birth, in your being born again. Um so I I start you know uh watching customers come into the bookstore and they love to debate and I could tell who was into really like the bible uh because that 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 bookstore had a lot of gifts gift section and the the people that were not into theology they wouldn't go into debate with the guys, uh, and sometimes with me, uh, uh, you know, it, it was like you know, I, 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 uh, I sparred a little bit with with people, uh, you know, sharpening our sword, uh, debating, uh, but not as much. I would watch these guys, and I was just soaking it up uh, what they were saying. Uh, to the customers, but the the customers that that were not really into the word, they went in for gifts, and that's how we would determine, like, <laughs> who who's in there for theology. And he never carried like heretical books. He never carried, um, you know, uh, Benny Hand. He never carried any of those uh, false teachers. In fact, we. We had a copy of uh, Good Morning Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, that's a book where uh, Benny Hinn says there's nine in the Trinity and all kinds of nonsense. Um, so, again, it didn't comport with Scripture. It didn't uh, align itself with the Word of God. So that's, that's for me, what... Uh, what as I, I, I began to study and really look at the scriptures and really read, uh, church history has been tremendously helpful for me. Uh, there's uh, good books, uh, church history in plain language, um, you know, uh, anything on ref the Reformation. Um, so uh, that is what, help me and I, I'm still friends with uh, 
uh, he worked at the bookstore and he ended up uh, being a professor. He's he's a he has his PhD now. Uh, he's Doctor uh, Mike Gurney, and he's in. Uh, he teaches out of Multnomah Bible College in Oregon, and uh, so uh, he he taught me, hey, you know, read this book, read a chapter a week, um, you know, look up the scriptures. So uh, I've had some mentors along the way. Um, uh, you know, I I wish. I had more in-depth mentors, but God, you know, has been gracious to me. And, you know, I, on my own, I've studied a lot and read a lot and, um, probably got more out of the stuff that I read than if I went to school and, uh, you know, crammed for a test or something. Um, because, for me, I learn by processing it. I'm a slow reader as it is. Um, so processing, discussing, uh, you know, uh, that's why I like to read books with you and, and, mm -hmm. and discuss, you know, is this sound? Is, you know, you, we need to be discerning and scrutinize mm -hmm. and not just uh, buy into everything that we read, hook, line, and sinker. We need to be uh, discerning uh, people. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> well, um, thank you for doing this interview with me. Um, I it, I think it's really encouraging, and it's a, a blessing to know that God truly saves sinners. And I just want you to know I'm very, very grateful that I have you in my life that you've been my dad and that you've taught me theology since I was in diapers. I mean, um, yeah, it's just truly amazing to see how Christ transforms the lives of sinners from God hating sin, loving human beings to, uh, God loving sin, hating children of God. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to hear your testimony and, uh, yeah. All right. Um, thank you for watching this episode. Remember to, to like, subscribe, all that jazz um, on our channel. And uh, yeah. please uh, share this episode with uh, the people you love and uh, even the people you don't. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode of Coffeehouse Theology. And in the meantime, we want to remind you that theology matters. What you believe about God affects how you live your life. Thank you for joining us and God bless.